everyone, and welcome to the Rough Cut Retrospective, episode 173, a podcast that talks about movies, TV, pop culture, rats, and robots. I'm your host, Carter Sims, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host. He can shine no matter what he's made of. It's Jackson McHuron. Hey, pal. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I am doing great. Happy to be here. Great to have you. Um, we are concluding our uh, final episode of our little dumpuary journey today with our uh, last episode of Seeing Double and our little mini series here in February. And with that, Jackson, we are not alone, as you know. Am I right? You are correct. Amazing. Joined, as <laughs> always, in February. Uh, he's a lonely house mouse who's been flushed away. It's Jeffrey Brown. Hello. Germany. Ooh, <laughs> <Hey> <laughs> <laughs> meant to say England yes first and then it just didn't happen and then yeah sorry to all our German fans out there but um, oh my god happy to be listeners. talking about two of my absolute faves with you guys <laughs> yes today um the long-awaited finale of our scene doubled uh series in February we are covering robots and a very special movie to Jackson and Jeff which we'll get to later flushed away and I'm very excited to go on the journey with them. It holds a special place in their hearts. And we also have robots. So we'll talk about them here soon. But first, Jackson, tell me something, boy. Tell me something, boy. What were you into uh, this week, sir? Uh, well, speaking of Germany, boo, I got to see Zone of Interest in theaters uh, <laughs> this week. Great sound. Uh, oh, my. Truly just... <laughs> a really horrific film with like great editing and just, uh, I don't know. Like, I feel like Carter, we've, we've discussed in the past, like uh, how do you depict a tragedy without like also exploiting uh, like, like trauma porn for like all these people. And I feel like Mm -hmm. this is like a really good, like answer to that. Like it's not necessarily what you need every single time, but very haunting and very effective in in the ways that it uh, utilizes the camera. And I just found it very compelling and interesting did you uh, see um spielberg's comments this week about Zone no i did he said it was the best holocaust film he's seen since his own what a heat check statement to make <laughs> that's true he was since like his own since schindler's list this one's pretty good uh <laughs> what a guy uh anyway i digress yeah. um yeah and then speaking of just like amazing uh movies at the theaters we also got out to see madam webb on five dollar tuesdays that's the duality of man right there. <laughs> exactly. Zone of interest and Madam Web. <laughs> uh, it's the new Barbenheimer, I suppose. <laughs> uh, Zone of Web. Uh, sure. It was as bad as everyone has been saying. Mm. Um, but I will say it was a good time at the theaters. A movie so bad that you're having a good time is a good time by me. And it was it was great. There was six people in the entire theater and we were all laughing at it. And it was great. Um, (laughs) Some really weird camera movements. Uh, The story doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, Yeah. And like the spider characters who are in their spider suits are only in them in the visions. And they never explain how they ever get their powers because they never do in the movie. Um, And just the overall, just like the biggest waste of. Uh, like Adam Scott as Uncle Ben, which is kind of crazy. It's just like, that's great, but it, why does it have to be in the Madam Web movie? Um, so, that, so yeah, th- there was that. And then uh, finally, we started Better Call Saul this week, and it is so good. Oh. Uh, huge fan. 
uh, we're like on episode seven and the Mike episode completely justified why um, this spinoff is so beloved. Like, I think it's just like tremendous writing. Um, yeah. I'm really liking it. Nice. Um, yeah. yeah. I need to get on that because it's great. I love breaking bad and I just mm-hmm. haven't gotten on the better call saw wagon. So I'll hop on that. Uh, what about you, Jeff? Where were you into? Did you get out to, to Madam Webb this weekend? No, no, I, I respect myself. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I, I actually wasn't that busy this week. I've been trying to catch up on the bad batch because season mm. three just dropped and um, star Wars Twitter is a blaze for how amazing it is and, and all that. And yeah. I'm, I'm sorely missing out. So I'm, I'm trying to catch up on season two. Um, but the, so the only movie outside of our, our, our main features for today's episode was I got to finally check out Unforgiven, the mm. uh, Clint Eastwood Western from the early nineties, um, which was super good. Um, I love a good Western. I love a good Clint Eastwood, although he basically is just John Wick in this, but without the killing people part. <laughs> if, like every, every time someone like says something to him, he just kind of like goes, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, been doing <laughs> that for 30 years. Right. <laughs> It just it made me think so much of John Wick. Obviously, this came like thirty years before that, but but anyway, that's all I checked out. What about you, Carter? Um, not a. Uh, I watched a lot of stuff that was like not maybe interesting to many people, but I can start with Bob Marley, One Love. Did I talk? I don't think I even talked about this last week, right? Um, uh, Lauren and I went to see it. She'd been wanting to see it, and I must say that you really low key need subtitles for this movie. Um, the Jamaican accents are strong. Yeah. And there were a lot of moments where Lauren was like, what did he say? And I said, I genuinely don't know. So <laughs> that was a little rough. Um, it was okay. A lot of like the needle drops and song cues are pretty on the nose. Like he has a fight with his wife and then no woman, no cry plays. Um, right. Things like that of that nature. Um, so it, it was okay. It's kind of your typical, uh, dumpuary fair, I would say to kind of dump it here. Um, so I, I checked out that, uh, been watching the new season of love is blind, of course, um, on my reality trash bend with Lauren as well. Uh, we're loving that. I haven't even mentioned this to you, Jackson, but we have mm-hmm. been watching survivor. Um, <gasps> that is hype. Yes. Um, I forget which season it is, but I pulled the group before I started. Cody and Corbin because I needed their expertise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're, so they're the true experts. I'm just kind of trying to catch up to them. Yeah, and I'm slowly, I'm just the rookie. I'm just learning what immunity idols are and things like that. <laughs> so um, it's fun. We're, we're, we're plowing through that as well. So that's been a good time. And um, anything else I want to shout out? I watched Battle of the Sexes on the plane today. Um, I think it's a movie that's like lost to time. It, like mm-hmm. Emma Stone, Steve Carell, Oscar Beatty movie about a real life event. Oh, the tennis movie, right? Yeah, like the Billie yeah. Jean King, uh, Bobby Riggs um, movie. It was fine, but definitely was like an Oscar Beatty thing. They were trying to, to prop up and just didn't work. So I had a good time. It was enjoyable. Good plane movie for sure. And yeah, I think that's all I want to shout out here. So <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Let's go into seeing double. Oh, don't do this to me. I'm already seeing double. And as mentioned today, we are covering robots and flushed away. I'll give you some 
some details about the two movies. We'll talk about some similarities and then we'll dig into the movies. So first we got Robots came out in 2005, uh, directed by Chris Wedge, uh, the mind behind Ice Age and Epic. I never and Monster saw Trunks. Monster trucks. I did look at that and I just chose not to say it, but thank you. (laughs) Um, Written by a lot of people. All these animated movies always have a ton of people attached. Um, The first two are uh, Lowell Gans and Babalu Mandel. Incredible name. Uh, They can be attributed to A League of Their Own, City Slickers, Splash, and The Tooth Fairy starring Dwayne Johnson. Uh, David Lindsay Abair. Uh, known for Rise of the Guardians, Oz the Great and Powerful, the Poltergeist remake, and Shrek the Musical, which is a banger, and uh, Ron Mita and Jim McClane, who are only really known for uh, robots. Uh, The synopsis. Rodney Copperbottom is a young robot inventor who dreams of making the world a better place until the evil ratchet takes over Big Weld Industries. Now Rodney's dreams and those of his friends are in danger of becoming obsolete Starring Ewan McGregor, Robin Williams, Halle Berry, Amanda Bynes, Greg Kinnear, Jim Broadbent, Mel Brooks, Stanley Tucci, Diane Weist, and many, many more, including Terry Bradshaw. Uh, (laughs) Next, we have Flushed Away, which came out in 2006. Uh, This was directed by two fellows, uh, David Bowers, known for Astro Boy and three Diary of a Wimpy Kid movies. Uh, And then Sam Fell, who's behind Paranorman. Dawn of the Nugget, which Jeff drafted drafted last season. Shout out. And uh, The Tale of Despero. You guys ever read that book? I had to read that book in fourth grade, I think. It's like the mouse with the little like sewing needle. Yeah. And he's voiced by Matthew Broderick. Um, Weird. Anyway, written by a ton of people as well. Uh, Dick Clement and Ian LaFraise, who the only really like notable credit was Across the Universe, which is that like musical movie with all the Beatles Beatles, songs. yeah. Yeah. Uh, William Davies, who did How to Train Your Dragon, Puss in Boots, the Johnny English movies, and Sean Mendez's best film, Lyle Lyle Crocodile. Uh, Peter Lord, who's known for Chicken Run. And then Sam Fell, Joe Keenan, and Christopher Lloyd. No, not that Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> um, synopsis. London High Society mouse Roddy is flushed down the toilet by Sid, a common sewer rat. Hang on for a madcap adventure deep in the sewer. Uh, when uh, deep in the sewer bowels of Ratropolis, I didn't know that was the name. Just learned that. That's uh, true. Where Roddy meets the resourceful Rita, the rodent-hating Toad, and his faithful thugs Spike and Whitey, starring Hugh Jackman, Kate Winslet, Ian McKellen, Andy Serkis, Jean Reno, and Bill Nye, and of course many many others. Um, that was a mouthful. A lot of writers, a lot of synopses. Um. Some similarities. Do you do you guys have any? Sim- I wrote a few down, but I, I'll throw to you if you guys have any like major similarities between these two that kind of stuck out to you. Yeah, I have a few. Um, just one being that it's like kind of a you know fish out of water story for the main characters, like going to the big city or what was it, Ratropolis? Is Ratropolis that what you said? is what the Which, synopsis amazing. said. I think that was actually the working title that they initially pitched. Really, the movie's gonna be called Ratropolis. Flushed away is better. Yeah. yeah, I think Flushed Away is slightly better with like the tone that they went with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing I was going to say is that these are both just like weirdly stacked casts for like the type of movie that it is. Yes. And like I feel like most Pixar movies don't have a cast like this deep uh, of heavy hitters. So 
especially in the early in the early days i would say mm -hmm. um obviously like you have toy story with like kind of one two big names yeah but then like you have a bug's life not a lot of big names and, and things like that so yeah kind of kind of interesting to see that they like broke the bag for i think the voice talent probably mm -hmm. um it goes without saying but these are obviously kind of mid-2000s movies that again are kind of cemented in our childhoods i think one more for you guys um and the other kind of more for me maybe um uh, we could talk about our viewing experiences in a bit um Somewhat sophomore feature follow-ups from studios who were coming off hot from an Oscar nomination. Um, for Flushed Away, uh, Ice Age was nominated for the, the best animated feature for Blue Sky. Rip to Blue Sky. Disney sucks. Um, and then Wallace and Gromit and the Wrong Trousers from DreamWorks and Aardman was the movie that preceded this. What was also nominated for uh, animated feature. So kind of going off the heat of that and trying to follow up with more success. Um, and I think for the most part, they achieved it. I think, um, can we talk about them both having themes of eugenics? <laughs> Wasn't yeah. expecting that. Um, yeah, that was pretty wild. I remembered it from robots, obviously did not expect it coming from flushed away. Um, so that was something talking about class divides and all that jazz. Um, and we can get to that in a little bit as well. And then finally, I just have kind of cool world building things, like just worlds that you're not really familiar with that you've seen. And also, I think you got to be pretty pop culture literate to really enjoy it a lot, mm -hmm. both of these movies. A lot of pop culture references flying around. Um, I assume you guys want to start with robots and end with Flushed Away, I would assume. That's the vibe you're going for? Yeah. Sure, works for me. I thought so. Um, yeah, let's start with robots. Um was this Jeff? Was this your first time? Had you seen this before, like in the recesses of your mind? <laughs> oh, Carter, yes. Thank this God. was not my first time. Thank um, God. <laughs> no, yeah, I've seen I've seen robots probably a hundred times, just with little siblings and and so on. Mm -hmm. um, it was better on a rewatch. I was telling Jackson while we were watching it, you know, some of those movies kind of give me the ick. Like even good movies, like Incredibles and Finding Nemo, and even Toy Story, like. I've just seen them so many times having a big family and nephews and all this mm -hmm. that I never want to revisit them. And yeah. so I was kind of forced to here and it was, it was pretty fun. Um, particularly the first act I thought was, was really well done and well crafted. They set up the whole story um, in a way that's super watchable. Mm -hmm. uh, but what about you, Carter? Was this one of your first times viewing robots? Uh, no, uh, this was a heavy rotation as well. I was the younger sibling who wanted to watch the movie. Um, <laughs> this was, yeah, this, I don't think this was a heavy DVD rotation movie for me in, in the car, um, but I definitely have seen it a few times. Like when I was rewatching it, I was remembering all of these these bits, mostly all the Robin Williams bits that I quoted a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I agree with you. I think the first act is really, strong in fact i just kind of want to see a full movie about just like the coming of age of these robots and like how they get there i was really interested in like the hand-me-down parts and that whole lore yeah and, like building the baby was really cool and fun like you miss the delivery but the but the making the baby's the fun part i'm like hell yeah you go <laughs> uh so yeah i enjoyed that so yeah i would say that i did bump it up a half star um on upon rewatch um there's some silly parts but for the most part i kind of liked what was was going on the third act kind of falls apart for me but 
uh lots of fun little bits in here uh what about you jackson this was your first time in a while revisiting i don't we always uh, joke about robots you and i we do always joke about robots and i know at one point we did uh are you feeling lucky with robot sounds and finder was definitely one of them uh so i feel like maybe it feels more recent than it actually has been uh but yeah this was a, yeah, yeah. blind it was a blind gotcha. ranking and i think i had fender at number two or something because you put them at one because you yeah, had to tough tough <laughs> played the Great game robot wrong. but yeah. um yeah like this wasn't i don't think this was a car movie for me so much as like flushed away was mm-hmm. um but this robots was like the one dvd at my grandparents house in missouri so every time we visited we were like <laughs> all right we're watching this and like this shitty care bears vhs that we have for some oh, reason hell yeah um so those just got played a lot like at least once a year like growing up mm-hmm. um and it, it always like kind of hit for me like it's just such a weird wacky wor- yeah it is like a really good world building and like the bits work for kids but on rewatch i think i got way more out of it as an adult just because like the humor is pretty like mm-hmm. sexual and just adult in general i guess yeah um, and then, of course, like the Robin Williams doing like, like for kids, it's just silly. But to everyone else, it's like, oh, this is a reference to this. This is this. This is that. Um, just in the same way that like Aladdin kind of ages well with its audience. Yeah, I yeah. Upon re- yeah, I just found myself really appreciating kind of those bits a little more. Mm-hmm. And like the really mature tones that I think we have a different light on or themes, I should say, yeah. uh, that we have a different light on, like all these views that it kind of has on capitalism and like the class mm-hmm. divides, like didn't really catch that when I was a kid, I was just again, kind of there for the, the, the robot with a big ass, you know, like those were, those are the stuff and I remembered. Fanny. Fanny. <laughs> Which, must, yeah. Good. Side note real quick. This might be the best fart joke ever. In, Let's go. In a movie. When, when I, I'm not a fart joke guy, I have seven brothers. I've, <laughs> I've had enough farts in my life, but <clears throat> when he, when she farts so bad, it kills the street post. And then he has the <laughs> chalk outline the next and day. He, he, he's gasping for breath and goes, see a doctor. That's just funny. And I will say too, growing up and realizing that it's Jennifer Coolidge as Aunt Fanny is like mm-hmm. the best realization ever because she's just kind of having like a big blow up now. And like yeah. as you get older and watch like the American Pies and like the other things that she's been in, it's just kind of like, oh, you're a, you're an icon, and I just didn't know it yet uh, for this role, which is kind of fun. Yeah, that's aged tremendously well. Um, <laughs> yeah, what are um what are some of the just I'll just throw to you, Jackson. Um, what are some of the things that you like? We're like, this is pretty cool, or what wasn't cool, wherever you want to start, where it either aged well or didn't age well upon rewatch. Yeah. Um, something that I talked about with Jeff prior to recording um was that I think this movie is kind of like the perfect subject material matched with like the perfect time in which this animation came out because hmm. it's a lot of flat metallic surfaces or like round metallic surfaces and like the CGI at the t- of the time is like really good at like doing uh inorganic shapes and characters and stuff. So this is kind of like the perfect uh time frame for a movie like this to exist. Mm-hmm. And it's just like really pretty. I feel like the character designs are really well thought out. Um I upon rewatch, I never noticed before that the dad's dishwasher, like he's like a dishwasher bot, and his ears are like the things that stop the drains, which is like nothing 
I never noticed that before, but <laughs> Neither I just did thought I. that was kind of fun. Not until you said that, I don't um, think I noticed that. Yeah, it's great. And I think at one point Jeff pointed out that for the mom, whenever she gets older, like her hair is just kind of like getting like more scuffed, like like you would like with like an object that you like a piece of equipment that you would use over and over again. Like it was like losing some of its paint and stuff. And it just looked kind of cool. So I just thought like all that was really interesting and unique for um, a movie about robots. I feel like it kind of just nailed the, the aesthetic it was going for. Yeah, it's a, it's a, again, I can't emphasize enough how interested I am in the robots lore. I want to uh-huh. just know more about like the aging process of robots. Like the outmoding part was really interesting and like the upgrades and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, can you like die or do you just keep getting upgrades and you just keep living on eternally? I, I have unanswerable questions, I think. It's I think you can live for as long as capitalism will allow you to live in this universe. <laughs> and that's the American um, spirit. Yeah. It's really weird too because like they're so self-cannibalizing. Like if someone's like being stripped for parts, everyone's like, get him free parts. And like they literally like rip a man to shreds just to like <laughs> be a little bit nicer. But there there is like super early on in the movie, kind of the the like what is the sanctity of life question gets arisen pretty quick when he just creates life in his bedroom. Like, yeah, true. Yeah, like, it's that little, like, yeah. You're, and the then it's like, okay, well, then C3PO. why is there a hierarchy to life? Like, why is this clearly a pet? But it's also just metal parts that yeah. talk. Like, it's a Pluto goofy situation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we all know Pluto's just Mickey's gimp, but. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no i totally agree with that like and like it also kind of opens the idea up of like gender and like social constructs in that way because it is so like oh just wear different clothes now and now you're kind of like feminine or like there was like at one point there was like oh didn't we say we wanted a boy as like they're like looking at this extra piece and like you know just they just tack it on this won't hurt a bit son (laughs) just tack it on i mean i don't like of course like he oh sorry i was just gonna say really quick too that he has like the like he gets the hand-me-down from his older cousin or something, yeah. and he has, like, boobs for his high school photos, which is just, like, a weird but also pretty effective gag that, like, keeps repeating throughout the movie. Yeah, it seems like the letter... I don't want to jump on anyone's um, what's-in-the-box reviews, maybe, mm-hmm. but just in general, it seems like the letterbox community has attached itself that Fender is trans, like, trans representation yes. in this universe, mm-hmm. which is pretty dope. Pretty dope reading it. on that. Very ahead of its time, obviously. Um, so there is that as well. Um, yeah, uh, Jeff, what about you? Any other than what Jackson brought up about kind of the world building, anything that stuck out to you that was like, oh, okay, that kind of rocks? Yeah, I think watching it as a dad, not to like pull out the dad card. Pull the like, dad I, card. <laughs> I, I was super relating to Rodney's dad and like mm-hmm. – the the tenderness that he has like i i I related to him like as a kid you relate to rodney mm-hmm. um or even the little gatekeeper puppet sarcastic dude was really more my vibe but tim the gatekeeper baby <laughs> yeah paul, paul, giamatti. paul giamatti um but I, like watching it i was i was like kind of getting emotional watching the dad like encouraging his son because this dad had dreams of being a musician and then he ultimately put that at the wayside to pursue a family and kind of just did what he had to do to put family first. And like, um, you know, I was like going to film school and that being the dream and then, you know, kind of putting that in the back to go work kind of a more boring corporate job to mm-hmm. have a more stable life for my family. Just like just seeing that, like 
that play out on the screen was like kind of fun and kind of encouraging to, you know, push my, my son someday to, you know, take the big leap. So, um, and I thought that like good fatherhood was a theme throughout, like even, even the bad guy's dad was like, kind of supportive. <laughs> he's like, you go get him, son. His mom, it was his mom, like, wasn't it? Up. Well, the mom well, was oh, the, the guy hung up. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah but his dad strung from the rafters. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, I even, I did, I wrote that down, like not to compare it to flushed away, but I think robots hits the heartstrings a little stronger than flushed away does. Um, Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I I think flushed away is just more of a rollicking adventure, which is super fun uh, with also some uh, kind of mature themes in there too. But like that whole scene, him going to the train station and pursuing him to do his job. I was like, dang, kind of emotional. Not going to lie. And the fact that it's Stanley Tucci makes it all better too. So he's fantastic. He's awesome. Um, I have a just a, a maybe a, a qualm. Um, what a horrible public transit system in Robot City! Like, <laughs> like is that how people just get to work? Like, you just hit, you get flung across the city in these balls, and you get hit with a hammer. And I'm like, yeah, that was quite a that was quite something to see. Robin Williams doing all these bits. Do you think Robin Williams had a script, or was no, he just no. he just had him come in for ad libs, had a general idea? Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine somebody other than Robin Williams came up with them singing in the oil. <laughs> yeah, that, that felt great. <laughs> yeah, that felt like just yeah. hours of footage that they used. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I have a horrible public transit system. Um, I enjoy the kind of the Wizard of Oz energy from Big Weld, kind of. Um, can we talk about Mel Brooks? He's awesome. He's great. Um, Maybe one of the weirdest character introductions of all time, though. Just the like, dominoes, the dominoes, and he's just like surfing on a giant wave of dominoes. Like, I feel like that scene gets away from itself pretty quick. Yeah, um, I wrote that down. The dominoes bit is stupid. It's um, really dumb. And and I was reading the Wikipedia, like the production notes for this. They yeah. developed like a new animation software tool to accommodate that scene. Like that was like that was work for them to make that happen. Why? It just seems like the filmmakers were obsessed with like Rube Goldberg contraptions and mm-hmm. they just decided let's put a little bit in here, especially with like the, even the, the public transit scene. So there's that. Yeah. I wrote that down. What a really strange character intro. That's kind of where the third act loses me. Um, mm-hmm. If we're getting into like the, the nitpicky stuff, but the final like battle that happens is, I don't know. It, it just kind of loses me. And then also always the movie has to end in a dance. Um, I oh yeah, another similarity. I think both both movies have that mid two thousands end with a dance number, it's and great. they were both so good as kids. I remember we would rewind and listen to the song again. Same, yeah, uh, <laughs> it was awesome. Both of them were hype. Both movies think... have great needle drops. Yeah, well, yeah, I do think the robots like in song isn't as good as flushed away, but I do think the needle drop reference uh, of you know hit me baby one more time like the britney reference <laughs> in robots is so so good uh that was fun. It, just, it needs recognition i um i don't know the name of the song but the needle drop that hits when they go to the underground place is just yes like, perfect like just it, like it sounds like the disturbed guy or whatever that guy's name is like it's like this heavy metal kind of grungy sound. And I'm like, this is mm-hmm. excellent. This this hits perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, do you enjoy the Bumblebee robot with the voice boxes? Do you like that mechanism? I liked him a lot as a kid. Uh, so he was well kind of more time. annoying this time. Yeah. 
I will did, say I liked the green robot a lot this time. I forget his name. What was name, his name? They didn't even a, did they he was say a sweetheart? It? I loved him. I he was the only one like in the like I don't know who voices him. Like it it must have been like some voice actor like on the like a, mm-hmm. a Madagascar thing where like oh the director is going to be the voice of the penguin or something like mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. I couldn't really find that guy's credits, but um yeah. Yeah, I thought the the whole gaggle of goofballs that's kind of our main core towards the kind of started them really not even probably more like the halfway point is when you kind of meet everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they were fun. Amanda Bynes is fun in this. She's great. Uh, yeah. I miss her. I, I wish that she would have a Lindsay Lohan like resurgence back. Um, but anyway, like, yeah, I thought Aunt Fanny is that's still just funny. Um, I, I already kind of touched up. Like it was just funny. Like I don't know why it was, but it just was. We love um, butt humor. Drew, Drew Carey was was ragging on me. His like <laughs> like I'm gonna be interesting by being a drag thing. Yeah, I'm like dude, get over yourself. I like his voice acting. I think the character was annoying. No, uh, I agree. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's fine. But yeah, the great the green guy with the box he had was kind of the Fozzie Bear sweetheart. Um, <laughs> But yeah, to to your point, Carter, I thought the thought the voice box bit kind of got old. Um, yeah, when James Earl Jones came in, I was like, "Oh, okay." There yeah, he is. there you go. And the resolution to it when he just like gets James Brown's voice, and they're like, <laughs> "This <is> the one." Oh, <laughs> um, uh, it's good stuff. Uh, yeah. Also, I've written down. Oh, I had once again, things are magnetic when convenient to the plot. Um, yes. <laughs> One of my biggest pet peeves. I hate that. Oh, just, Abby was watching with us and she just goes, Oh, those are what she called magic beans. She thought they were magic because she didn't get the reference of like the uh, Wooly, I forget what it's Wooly? called where you take, yeah, Wooly Willy, where you take like, like the, the magnetic pin and move yeah. the shavings around. And like that's clearly what was going on. And then yeah. like she was like, Why is stuff following him? Like afterwards, like the trash can and all that stuff. I was like, Because he's magnetized. She's yeah. Like, oh. I was like, what do you think that other stuff was? She's like, magic? And I was like, okay. <laughs> magic. Well, it's like everything is very metallic there. It's a very Crystal Skull-esque moment, again, mm-hmm. where the things kind of follow him around and fly after him. Mm-hmm. But then in the third act, when they're all magnetized and they fall off, they're not magnetized at all when they come off of that giant magnet. Yeah, so, it happens. I don't know, man. What what, what can you do? <laughs> my, my, my nitpicks here. Um, I want to shout out Jim Broadbent. Uh, as the voice of the the evil mom, yeah, he's just tremendous. That's a really fun and weird performance, and he's great. Um, also, we had a really good conversation about like, like I think Jeff asked like, oh, why isn't like she shiny? Uh, in like the well, like, like the sun is really shiny, and but she's really kind of disgusting and gross. And we kind of had this interesting conversation about how like. Well, she doesn't really buy into the system that she's pushing on people. She just wants to make money and, you know, kind of continue doing her thing and like benefit off of the like fascist mm-hmm. propaganda that they're pushing. Yeah. What's your, Yo, um, go ahead, Jeff. I was just gonna say, was money the only driving factor behind their ideal genocide scenario? Like, I don't think so. I think it was like, a, it was a classist view to begin with too. Like she, like they found like the people ne- beneath them to be worthy of like, literally murdering for like scrap metal and stuff so like i think it was a little deeper than just money uh, but is she not beneath them like technically in the class divide or the at least the way she personifies herself well maybe maybe to jackson's point like maybe 
maybe that's kind of a commentary on even though you view yourself as above, you're not actually mm-hmm. like we're all mm-hmm. like, you know, all the horrible people of the world who have committed genocide, like they're just humans too, but mm-hmm. you know, they think that they're. Well, yeah, I think a lot of, I mean, like whenever you look at like, like far right ideals and stuff like that, like, I feel like a lot of people push this aesthetic that they don't necessarily adhere to, but it's just to put other people into these boxes that they can benefit off sure. of too. Well, yeah. and I, you can cut this if it gets too political, but like, like Hitler wasn't, didn't have blonde hair. True. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. that his, his whole view of the perfect race was blonde hair, blue eyes. And then he didn't even have those. So. Yep. Uh, and he was from Poland. Is that right? He's I don't know. Hmm. Austria. I think he was Austria. Austrian. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Wow. Who would have thought robots would have led to us talking about Hitler? Mm. Great stuff. <laughs> We're so back. Um, is there a Rodney? I just wrote this down. I just, I just like to sprinkle these in and let you guys roll. Rodney Copperbottom Christ metaphor. Is he Jesus mm. Christ? He's Does like he... repairing yes. everyone. He's like washing everyone's feet. You know, he's fixing mm. everyone up and. Gets persecuted by gets those persecuted mm-hmm. by the the Romans per se. I don't know. Um, Jackson's really religious, so I'm throwing it his way. I'm trying to think. Yeah, like I mean, there are <laughs> crucifixion images, right? Of like the dad, he's strung up. Maybe he's like on a cross. Come on now. Um, We're there's so no deep. Judas per se. I guess there's some. I don't mm, know. That's that's true. But you could sit. No, no, there's not Judas. Mm. I mean, but it doesn't have to be the whole Bible story to. You know, have have Christ-like allegory. Mm -hmm. So he is Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Just roll with me on my my scenario. Um, (laughs) I do like McGregor. And he does kind of look like Jesus. Yeah. Jesus was a robot. Um, (laughs) What do you guys think of Halle Berry's character? Um, Cappy. Underutilized. Yeah. Like Halle Berry's third build in the Mm -hmm. movie and not really in it that much. Yeah, I remembered uh, her being in it more. Like when you see her character, I'm like, oh yeah, like she's the main love interest, surely. But then that even doesn't really play out. Um, no, they just do a little dance at the end, and yeah, yeah. I mean, other than as a plot device to introduce um, Rodney to Big Weld, I don't mm-hmm. think that she really serves any function. Not that I can think of. But she's got healing. You could have done that with just anybody. I mean, that could have yeah. been any board member. It didn't have to be some yeah. weirdly attractive, supposed to be attractive animated robot voiced by Halle Berry. Like, it, I don't know. It felt like a, kind of a red herring. Yeah. Were any of these robots attracted to you? That's a great, that's a great point. Were you attracted to any of these robots? Anyone? J- There's someone else. Fanny. <laughs> <laughs> I do think Jeff at one point said that uh, Rodney's mom was the high. mom is bad. He's bad. And that might have been. Is that the one played by like Drew Barrymore? No, it's Diane Weist, I think, was the bomb. Um, Weist? I thought you said East. Um, There is a Natasha Leone voiced robot also. That's that's Fender's love interest. Uh, Oh, that was the other joke that made me laugh out loud when they get that, like, they cut to her, like, him walking her into her apartment. And Fender just goes, Thanks for carrying me up that hill. There's some just great Robin Williams bits in this movie. Uh, yeah. It's wonderful stuff. I always used to quote, just stick with me. I know this town like the back of my hand. Hey, that's new. <laughs> great stuff. <laughs> and obviously the singing and the oil part really stuck with me. I remembered that um, also. Um, I don't know if I have any other 
bits that I wrote down. Do you guys have anything else that we didn't we didn't tackle with uh with robots here? No. Amazing. Mid overall mid. The first act was the first act gets it to three star. It's really solid, really well done, very fast paced. It tugs on your heartstring a little bit. You kind of care. Really good character introductions overall, but I don't even know if I can really picture the third act and I watched it like three days ago. <laughs> That's yeah. very fair. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, running around. Big Weld gets like a, they roll around on, he has, there's something wrong with his head. There's like a lightsaber battle. It's a whole thing. Oh, and I, then they just randomly have Big Weld's sex cabin car. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> It's yep. just Big Weld's Big Weld's Batmobile, um, but anyway, incredible stuff. That's um, my final thought. Oh, good, Jackson. Do you, do you have final thoughts on robots? No, I think that Jeff's final thought is my final thought. Amazing. <laughs> I just want to shout out that uh, people that contributed their voices to this: uh, Terry Bradshaw, Jay Leno, Paula Abdul, and Al Roker. Just want to throw was that. Jay out Leno. There. Who is the? the fire hydrant was that jay, jay leno? leno was the fire hydrant yeah what what does that mean for this universe is his whole job to be a fire hydrant to get they pissed not just, like, by build? robot dogs like because they have a transportation system right like it's not like someone's job is being like the slingshot that flings the other robots across town but like the fire hydrant needs to be like an actual living guy like, it goes back that. to to almost jeff's point like where do you draw the line from robot what to pet robot? to device like <laughs> to living thing it's it's a it's a shaky world they've built mm. and we we need to know more um al rucker played the mailbox um yeah also a great bit when the mailbox slaps fender he's like that's for my from my sister he's like i recognize her handwriting good stuff <laughs> uh wonderful let's uh let's move on then to um our magnum opus which is flushed away um i'm gonna I'm going to throw this to you guys and kind of describe the special bond that you two have with flushed away. So whoever wants to take it, please let the listeners know. First of all, Jackson's a fake fan. Um, oh, coming out. Cause Let's I think go. you gave it what I think you gave it three stars. <gasps> yeah. And then, and then, and then the love of his life, Abigail with an ABBI gave it two stars and said it gave her the ick. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not her. Um, no, but yeah, I'm. I'm just teasing. I. (laughs) The movie. The movie's amazing. It totally held up. Um, it. It's similar to. I thought it had a similarly tight first act that robots had, where it's just like really fun character introductions. You get in the action right away. Um, it kind of. I think it has really good pacing. Like you have those those kind of quiet moments with the family, yeah. like I think really well. Peppered. It moves. It's 84 um, minutes. Yeah, totally. yeah. It's great. Yeah. And it, but you can think about so much that happens. So um, yeah, I just think it, it's very like, it might not be good, but it's very watchable, which I, I think, I think it's great. I think it's fun, but I don't think it's more than three stars. Here's the thing. Here's what happened. Yes, I had it at three and a half stars. I had it at three and a half stars. And then I was looking at my four and a half stars review of zone of interest right next to it. And I was like, this is messed up. This can't be only one star apart. So I had to give it a little bigger, a little bit more space. A real critic reviews in a vacuum, Jax. 
That's comparison. not true. You guys rank all of your movies against each other, so I don't even know what you're talking about. That's true. I was about to say comparison is the thief of joy, but that's literally what I do with my list. So That's, that's what I, we do all the time. I compare. Uh, that's great. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, going off of that really quick, Jeff, I do agree that like the pacing uh is really effective like the inciting incident of being flushed down the toilet is like within five minutes i think like it's super quick um i do want to say i think the reason carter queued us up for this uh intro is because we watched it the night before your wedding uh with all your groomsmen which was like a very special oh, yeah. <laughs> you've forgotten <laughs> I oh it. yeah i forgot um yeah no regrets about that at all um <laughs> <laughs> it, it i mean it's just such a it's a fun movie mm-hmm. i don't even know why we picked it i was asking jackson like who? i think you insisted on it yeah i, I mean that doesn't sound not like me um, and, i mean to be fair everyone like there is like the same genre of person so like it could have been any of us i guess mm-hmm. but like you definitely <laughs> signed off on well my dad has like 500 movies on his apple and so we were probably scrolling through it and then I saw Flush where I was like, fuck it. Like, this is a slam dunk. Um, <laughs> and it was. Yeah, that movie rules. And I hadn't seen it since probably. Um, it it was, yeah, it was just as good as I remember. Um, I thought, just again, back to the tight storytelling. I, I didn't even think about that, Jack. Because he is like, I mean, he's he's well into the adventure by the five minute mark. because and But they do such a good job of introducing his internal struggle of like, yeah, he kind of has this exciting life and he's kind of this suave, like confidence guy. But it like that montage ends with him like, good night, and nobody answers. Mm-hmm. Like it, I don't know, just good storytelling. That's the that's the Ardman classic. I don't know. This was I feel like I rambled on it enough. Carter, this is your first time viewing um yes. God's Return to Earth. So <laughs> <laughs> uh yes, this was my very first time. Um, and I gotta say, I guess I didn't realize going in, or maybe I just forgotten that there was like an Ardman like combo DreamWorks, like kind of stop motion, kind of CGI combo because like it was their first time like really using like the water. So like they didn't want to get their their claymation things wet and ruin the like the plastines I was reading about. So it's kind of a combo, stop motion CGI combo. Um and I agree with you guys. The pacing is is awesome. Like you're in and out. It's 84 minutes. It has that Ardman charm. Like it's it's quick witted and it's just really interesting to look at. And it's got that British humor that like we can't all any ever fully understand, but we like get the tangentialness of it. And it's just quippy and quirky. And I, I love it. Like when you have a character saying I've got a bum like the Japanese flag, that's just that's that's gold. That's an incredible that's stuff. Funny. That's just yeah. great. Like anyone can laugh at that. So I had a really good time. I mentioned at the top that um I think you have to be very pop cultural literate to really, mm-hmm. really like bump it up a half star in your enjoyment. Like even in that opening montage, like if you don't know that Hugh Jackman is voicing this mouse, like there's a bit where he like poses with the Wolverine costume, right? Mm-hmm. And his little costume changes. So there's that. There's that Finding Nemo bit where he's like, have you seen my dad when he gets flushed down? It's good stuff. Um, I just found it really enjoyable. The world building is cool. I always enjoy seeing like, I don't want to like just blanket statement like that's what Pixar does, but I think this does it very well. I like the underground world. I like the whole idea of the 
there's the doomsday guy that's like the floodgates won't be closed forever like i really enjoyed all of that um and it's, it's just charming I, I don't know what else to say it's just really charming i love the derpy cl- claymation of the the soccer game that's going on in the background it's during so the funny. whole thing it's so <laughs> funny um just a really silly thing going on in the back um so i really enjoyed that um gotta talk about this cast because it's like off the walls, like a lot of great talent. Like I think Hugh Jackman does a great job. Uh, a lot of people on Letterboxd are saying it's his best performance. I don't know if, if you agree Ooh. or disagree with that, but uh, it's out there. Um, hey, Winslet's fun. Ian McKellen is really fun as this uh, eugenicist toad. Sir right Ian McKellen. Sir Ian McKellen, pardon me. And is his character just the toad? That's yeah. what it's listed as on on the casting um it's great stuff um yeah what are some other things that you guys really enjoyed about this rewatch uh bill nighy is whitey who is my favorite character in the whole movie i'm just <laughs> obsessed uh just a, a cute little henchman who he's just kind of a himbo he does his own thing he stays in his lane he was a lab uh, rat right that's he his was a lab rat. yeah he's a cute he's a cute guy i, I like him a lot he is pretty fun Jeff, do you have anything else that kind of stuck out for you? I mean, yeah. Um, I he's think like, that... he's like, where to begin? <laughs> <laughs> I think I like obviously the cast. I think we already touched on that enough. Andy Circus is really great. Their uh, duo is really good. Yeah, they have really great the chemistry. Um, this movie's just. It, I think these two things kind of go hand in hand, but it, kind of your point, Carter, like how, how charming it is. Like mm-hmm. even that like little moment where he's trying to find someone to help him get up top. And he like puts his hands on the iron grill of this guy who sells like hot dogs, but he's dressed as like an old drunken sailor. With it's like, he's guy. making fish. He's like a sushi guy or something. Right. But then he like, he puts Roddy's hand in a bun and salts it like over chips. Yeah. Uh, it's like a fish and like, chips. Like while he's describing these things and then the fish you thought was dead. is like, I know where it is. Like, it's just, it's so quotable. Um, and I probably annoy Jackson just like every, every single scene, there's two or three things that like just immediately stick out um, <laughs> in terms of the fun, quippy dialogue and um, the ship design for Jamie Dodgers. Super fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Um, LaFrog. We haven't even touched on him yet. I think he's like a really fun flavor that kind of gets entered in towards the third act. We uh, surrender. Fr- yeah, the whole French bit is in- incredible. <laughs> it's so we will fun. Leave in 5 hours. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it just like so shamelessly like bashes the French. Um That's great. But yeah, I just love it when movies can like mix a lot of different flavors and do it well. Like like when you describe Lilo and Stitch, it's like this is a movie about an alien about the meaning of family, but it's in Hawaii, but it's also Elvis inspired, but it's also in watercolor. Like um so something like flushed away where it's like this is a rat but it's also in england but it's also in the sewer but there's also the world cup but he's also trying to kill the like it's a eugenist toad like it's just a lot of different fun things that all kind of mixed together um yeah i will say too um one of my favorite gags uh that whitey does is that well one that uh roddy that's his name right roddy roddy Roddy, two james of kensington um 
uh, is he goes, I'm an innocent bystander. And then he, Whitey refers to him as Millicent bystander as his name. Yeah. And then like, they just like call him that throughout the whole time. They call him Millicent throughout the movie, which is like just really funny. Um, and even like the callback too, because like whenever the family's having the meeting, one of the brothers is like, I hear his name is Millicent Bystander, international jewel thief, and, like all that stuff coming back. I thought was really good. But then even Andy Circus's character like just believes him wholeheartedly and then laughs at him like he goes, Millicent, like he's like, that's embarrassing. But he doesn't question that that's just actually yeah. what it is. <laughs> so wacky. Yeah. I, I also love this kind of, I like the, the, the Toad's backstory where he was Prince Charles's pet toad and, yeah. and then mm-hmm. they got a rat and then he, then he just flushed him down so like he has but he still has this royalty obsession like he has mm-hmm. this complex about him too which is i feel like what a lot of people have like when the when the queen died we were talking about that a lot mm-hmm. um so there's kind of that fun layer to it as well i thought that was a cool backstory everyone has just cool little little backstories i think um i uh i have one nitpick and it's that um and they actually they kind of resolve it pretty quickly, but I hate the plot device in movies where there's a goofy misunderstanding because someone is just listening behind a corner and they don't stay for the full conversation. So they just go and do a thing based on that information. Mm-hmm. That drives me crazy. And I appreciate that they like they close that loop really quickly. Like within 10 minutes, she gets back on the boat mm-hmm. and she's like, You didn't listen to me. And then that kind of instigates this big boat chase and which was fun. Um Love the that's also a great bit where they're all on like mixers riding through the sewer and one guy jumps in with a toaster and just sings. <laughs> Amazing. It just, it just absolutely just, just like kills himself. It's <laughs> <laughs> incredible. Um, yeah, yeah, I I Carter like because I uh, yeah, like I, I was it's always just relieving when like it almost in a Ted Lasso kind of way when you're expecting like the toxic thing to keep happening and then mm-hmm. they kind of resolve it in a healthy way when she goes. Oh, this was a misunderstanding. Yeah. Like we can move forward now. Um, like and I and I like even towards the end, like there was no like reveal of one of these people is like one of these people one of these heroes is lying to the other hero, and eventually that's gonna be the drama to yeah. ins- the 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 climax. Um, because even though he wasn't telling her the full truth. Like it, it turns into an endearing moment at the end where she goes, "Oh, like he's, he's hurt and broken, and he needs a family," as opposed to like, "You've had a wife this whole time," yeah. sort of a thing. Like, and um, I even I love the payoff kind of at the end too. And I mean, I, they set it in motion in the very beginning. So this sewer rat ends up living up there in Roddy's place, right? Mm-hmm. And I just love at the beginning, they like sprinkle those breadcrumbs like, oh, they put all that food in there. She poured in all that food. So when they come back, they're going to believe that he's just a fat rat. <laughs> yeah, like, that's genius <laughs> stuff. Like, And they don't they don't even do the cutaway back to show right? unless it happens after the credits. And I didn't stay for it. But do they even cut back to him after he gets flushed down again? After that, uh, yeah, because no, they do cut right before because she brings the cat, and then they do the "What's New Pussycat" song for the end credits. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. So okay. it does come back one more time. Yeah, like he his is... his comeuppance is that now yeah. he has to have the cat who's going to torture him. Yeah, that was good show. Don't tell. I like that they yeah. didn't overexplain it. That's that's kind of the vibe I get with just with with Ardman in general is like they don't treat you like idiots because I also think it's a British brand of humor, so it's a little more intelligent. Mm-hmm. to be frank because i think some of our humor can get quite dumb um 
And maybe that's just, I don't know, maybe that's just the accents, but it just seems more intelligent <laughs> and charming when I watch a British comedy, even though Jackson wouldn't d- agree on the Monty Python front with me. I don't know. What do, what do you stand on Monty Python, Jeff? Are you on anti-Monty Python? I'm a Monty Python. I'm a Holy Grail guy. Yeah, that was good. That was one of the first movies as a kid that my dad let me watch. Like as an like it was an adult movie that he was like, you know what, pal, we're we're watching it together. It's okay, kind of a thing. So it's like to me, it's kind of associated with that bonding. Beautiful. Um, And then it's it's endlessly quotable. So um, movie quote. You're on the right side of history. Yeah, but um, no, I think you're absolutely right in terms of the highbrow versus lowbrow, considering the. The only bit that I truly laughed at in robots was a fart joke. <laughs> <laughs> We're simple humans. We're simple creatures. But the fart right. joke has to be in good standing. We hate the camels farting and kangaroo jack. We're good with Aunt Fanny farting. Um, yeah, do you guys have any other bits that you or parts about flushed away that you need to need to voice? I mean, we do really quick need to talk about the slugs in general. Yes. Just like amazing little characters who are really gross looking but also like just a great simple design like super iconic great um they're either singing like amazing songs or um screaming at the rat and like they're screaming back and forth and i think that's like just a great bit um yeah i love them yeah they're kind of like yeah, a every- Greek chorus it's it's good to, it's yeah good totally bit. yeah every time they appear it is like the perfect timing and the perfect joke not like, overused used not perfectly. overused um yeah, and when they do sing, they low key eat and Every I didn't, see a, whole lot of, didn't see a whole lot of crumbs on that plate. Like mm-hmm. they they go hard. They In ate fact, and they, left no larva. <laughs> <laughs> there was a the for the TVD for this it had special features where it was just literally them singing other like popular songs. So they, <laughs> there was one of them singing "Pump It" by the Black Eyed Peas that we would play. That's repeat. so funny. Um, but yeah, the the slugs are are cheese. I, the other bit that I love just because of how random it is is that the 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 grandma um thinks he's tom jones tom <laughs> yeah jones. that's great <laughs> well like, like there's just no reason for it at all um and such a random poll <laughs> i like the one kid that just like shocking people that, yeah. that was a good bit um, oh another hot mom oh here we go Rita's that's mom. another thing Rita's- Another similarity between the two movies. Hot yeah. moms. I'm like, damn, damn, she's had like 55 kids and she could still <laughs> get it. Like she's understanding, she's listening. Um, she's she's the full package. Yeah, I was yeah, she's hotter than Rodney's mom, but anyway. Oh, I also <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 she has a tail, Jeffrey. <laughs> so don't okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. I can buy on that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not before I put my foot in my mouth anymore. But um, yeah, I just thought that the world building in this, like like the little city, like as a kid and even now, like I could escape in it and like kind of wanted to like kind of had one of those I want to go to there TikTok mm-hmm. moments. Yeah, like, like I just want to be in Rattropolis and like to all? be a rat in sewer under London living in a little city. Just but aren't nice. we all already, Jeff, when you just think doing about the rat it, race? We're just all in the rat race, baby. Just trying um, to turn that milk into cream and climb out. <laughs> oh, we moved into catch me if you can territory. I love it. Um, yeah, I just want to talk about the just like the final 
just like the final act just plot point where the whole thing is these rats are going to get drowned out because everyone's going to go take a piss at halftime of the world cup that's a brilliant plot device yeah who else is doing that that's great yeah i guess this is one thing to point out too i do feel like they're like bathroom humor stuff is like pretty well executed like through the plot with that but also like there's a scene where he's like first falling through the sewer and he grabs this chocolate bar but like it's not revealed it's a chocolate bar right away and i thought that was like a good gag too it's mature mature toilet humor we love it yeah totally but yeah they kind of i didn't really see the you i mean and they kind of nail you with the eugenics twist at like the very end like whereas it robot in robots it's kind of like the Throughout. theme all the way through but then at the end you kind of see all of his little tadpoles his gross little end. children yeah yeah i like the oh the they, they say like the they they like the little baby toad calls it like the amphibian sunrise like some like really ominous <laughs> <Yeah>. cult term <laughs> um I like when they're yeah, freezing I, everybody, like the the nitro free that all that mm-hmm. was a good bit. I like there's that. a Han Solo rat there. That's pretty fun. Yeah, that was good. You've got your mother's hands. I get like all those little <laughs> moments between the two of them is just like a, you you could watch them all day. Got me mittens. Got me mittens. Um, <laughs> yeah, I thought the like the uh, um, it was kind of fun how they switched the MacGuffin kind of like right at the end of the first mm-hmm. act of like you mm-hmm. think that it's going to be like this jewel heist kind of thing and then they switch it to it's there's actually a lot grander and more sinister things going on mm-hmm. um yeah 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 that was nice i liked that little twist like it didn't again i, I didn't feel dumb watching it i didn't feel dumb mm-hmm. watching either of these movies um whereas i couldn't say that last week so um you guys have anything else any anything else that you need to you need to voice i think i got all my i guess one critique i guess one critique would be if they just dropped the master cable in the water somewhere along the way like the story probably would have an easier like resolution but like besides that i think it's it's good yeah because she only needs it as like a belt for her pants which is like kind of a fun little thing to do but also it's like oh yeah you could just like toss that away anytime you want but they keep chasing you for it Yeah, that's going to uh, haunt me when you think about that one. <laughs> nah, don't think too hard about it. Think about it. Uh, yeah, I, I saw when I was reading, I just read some production notes on this one too. And one of the things, the comp for it was African Queen with the genders re- reversed, hmm. which I thought was kind of like kind of a fun pitch to say it's African Queen, but with reverse genders, but it's also rats in the sewer and it's art and stop motion. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think that's cool. Don't hate that at all. Beautiful. Jamie, Jamie Dodger's just an incredible boat name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, those are good. That hits. Everything's just so clever in this movie. I'm a big yeah. fan. I'm a big fan. I'm glad I watched it. It's probably in my uh I don't know. We're gonna do a we're gonna do a DreamWorks episode down the line. So we'll be talking about this again in the future. It'll be a tier ranking, I think we're gonna mm-hmm. do. That's a little tease for everybody, but yeah, it's pretty high up there in my estimation of DreamWorks movies, I would say. So really underrated, I would say, is is my takeaway. Where's the sequel? Like, Where's true, the I sequel? feel like it just came and, and, and went. Or I don't know if it was in the zeitgeist as like a lot of the other DreamWorks movies hmm. are or were. And that could be because they didn't make a sequel. But I, yeah, I guess it really it's... underperformed. I think I read that it was like uh, in the year it came out, it was like the sixth highest animated and like the 30th mm-hmm. highest grossing total 
Like it, it really didn't make much of a splash. It barely, I, I did look at the box office. It barely made its money back because it's just production budget was a little more. With, yeah, I guess uh, it's definitely something that DreamWorks kind of does. Like once they get like their cash cow, they milk it for a while and like do like the sequels and a lot of the sequels. And I guess there wasn't a flushed away too, but that would have been kind of cool. I would have been. They have less. They have less IP home runs than Pixar's had. Like that's true. Like I feel like like DreamWorks hasn't had anything unless I'm omitting something super obvious and I'll sound dumb. Uh, Puss in Boots, Last Wish was like the last big one, but that's just off that, of was, an I, that was an IP call. Totally. Like, when was the last time they had a, an original story that really popped off? Um, I, I, can really only, I can really only think of like How to Train Your Dragon, but that was... Oh, only, that like, popped off That too. was an IP. But they milked that. Um, and that was based I, off of books. I don't know off the top of the dome. Like you could argue, I mean... Megamind was fun, but that Megamind's was great. I stand by that. But they're they're making they're releasing a new one with on Peacock, but it's like Will Ferrell series not returning, and it's weird. Yeah, a weird thing. It looks bad. I think the bad guys did okay business in that's like true. 2022, but you know that's that's neither here nor there. I got to revisit Shark Tale. That's what I got to do with my time. I think that should be on one of our future seeing devils. I agree. That's hey, I'm just, all for it. That was a yeah. heavy, heavy rotation in the Brown mm-hmm. household. Oh, my answer. Oh, no. But Trolls had the IP treatment, too. Boss Baby did as well. Croods. Mm. That had, Yeah, maybe. There's like many Croods movies. Maybe like Monsters vs. Aliens, which is also one that was on heavy rotation in the house. That should also so. maybe. I'm writing that down for maybe another future. Looking behind the curtain, folks. Love it. <laughs> uh any final thoughts, guys, on on flushed away? No, I could. I think my final thought. I could not like if after this we're done recording, I could not watch robots right now. I could probably watch flushed away again. Fair enough. It's just so watchable. You know what fair, I mean? Fair, fair. Uh, I love it. And that's basically telling Abby to suck it. This movie <laughs> and two stars is an insult. But anyway, I didn't see the fair two enough. star review. That's that's rough. Um, okay, let's, that's a good segue then. Let's see where this, this falls in our hierarchy. Let's move on to what's in the box. Oh, what's in the box. And before we rank them, do you guys have any, uh, letterbox reviews that you pulled for either, uh, robots or flushed away? What about you, Jackson? You got one? Yeah. Starting off with, uh, my robots review. Uh, this is from Brooks three and a half stars. It says this movie is about a robot genocide marketed towards children. And it's great. <laughs> Incredible. Just one, you just have one robots? Yeah. Jeff, you got a robots review? Yeah, just one for me too. This is from Alice Pinhead, five star review. And it says five stars for Aunt Fanny's big fat ass. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got two from robots. Uh, this is from Chloe, five stars. This movie made me a gay trans communist, five stars. And we love that. We love that. And similar vein to Jeff's, Claire, four stars. I love this movie. I love that ant's fat ass. <laughs> <Great style. laughs> There's even a bit where he gets stuck behind it and drag across the wall and you see his paint scrape off of the wall. <laughs> he goes, I'm Rodney Big Bottom, Copper Bottom. <laughs> I slip the oh my God. Oh, that's good stuff. Do you guys have a, a flushed away? Um, Review. 
Yeah, I have one. Uh, this is from Zara Gwyn. This is a three and a half and a like. Uh, said the slug should have their own spinoff instead of the minions. And I think that's a great uh, IP opportunity for them. Uh, doing little musical bits. Maybe they can join the trolls or something. Sure. Why not? Why not Why us? Not? Um, I've got a five star from Liam F. Uh, tag yourself. I'm the cockroach reading Kafka behind the oven. Thought that was great. <laughs> five stars. Uh, and Jeff, do you got a do you got a flushed away one? Yeah, I got I got two. Yeah, one's a little um, more turned on than the other one. One of this one's a five star review with a like from Delgis, and it says, "Always wanted to be a little sewer rat, so I live vicariously through this movie." <laughs> and then the next one's from a username I can't pronounce, but it's five stars at the like, and it says Roddy so hot with a sweating emoji would let LaFrog hit. No. <laughs> Letterbox, Letterbox community gets so horny for these movies. I mean, <laughs> good stuff. Um, okay, time to time to rank these bad boys. Let's start with uh robots. What's what's the vibe we got, guys? So we got Phantom Menace, Crystal Skull, Eagle Eye, Green Hornet, Get Smart, Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters, Kangaroo Jack, and Aloha in that order. What do you feel about robots? My instant reaction is to go above Get Smart but below Green Hornet. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree. I I think I'm okay with that as well. I can maybe make the argument to put it above Green Hornet, but I will go with the, the crew here. Firmly in the middle. And flushed away. What do we think? Above Iron. robots for sure. Mm-hmm. Above Green Hornet? I would. I, I could go. I would go all the way. I would go above Crystal Skull under Phantom Menace. Ooh, what do you think, Jackson? I will defer to you. I, can- I have it above Crystal Skull and Phantom Menace on my personal ranking. So yeah, he's an eagle eye stand. I'm an eagle eye stand. Eye I think I still think it's be- I do think it's better than Crystal Skull. So we can definitely move it above Crystal Skull. I could even I could go above Phantom Menace. Really? I came into this like thinking it was going to be in the top two. Like wow. I watched it and I was just that that pleased. Comparing it to Phantom Menace is so crazy though. Like it's a really <laughs> tough comparison to make. Yeah. Um. What I'm would you say, Jackson? That, because it's, it's I, I think it's better, but I'm surprised that you guys think it might be better than Phantom Menace because you guys were riding for that movie. It's just so much more fun. I mean, Phantom Menace is Phantom Menace is my Lawrence of Arabia. Sure. <laughs> it's so, flushed like, away. Like Carter's right, you can't you can't compare them. Um, but it for the purposes of the seeing double experiment, I could go there, but. I would also feel very comfortable nestling it under Phantom Menace's umbrella. Let's put Let's it under. Above. Okay, why not? Let's do it. Flushed away at the very top. I love it. Just to end it. Beautiful. Uh, and this list will grow uh, because we're going to be doing more of these, just not mm-hmm. uh, in succession like we've done in February. This ends our little mini series kind of vibe with this, but we will yeah. be back ranking more with Jeff. So don't you worry. Mm-hmm. Um, wonderful. Uh, Jackson, I'm throwing to you, buddy. You feeling lucky? You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Yeah. Okay. Um. So what I've done 
I kind of th- this is gonna take some explaining, I guess. Oh boy. Uh, you know, Fender he he's a mix and match kind of robot. You know, he 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 mixed two different parts and created a whole new person, and, and we love them for it, right? Mm-hmm. So I thought it would be fun. We well, might have done this game at one point in the past where I give you a plot of two movies combined together. And mm. then you take the titles of those movies and they will match seamlessly uh, through the wordplay of the two titles. And you have to tell me what that title is. Does that make sense? Y- yes. I know what you're going with. We did play this once a long, long time ago. A long ago. time ago. So, for example, uh, you know, Tony Stark builds uh, a suit in the cave and he destroys Zod and half of Metropolis. That would be Carter. I- would Iron say? Man of Steel. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is like a Jeopardy vibe. Kind of. Okay. Um, so you guys are going to be on a team. And oh, yeah. you guys have three lives. And there are 25 movies, answers that you're going to be giving me. Oh, baby. Uh, so either you get a perfect 25 or you lose your life. And I'll just uh, lose all your lives. And I'll keep track of how many you got right. Okay. All right. Are you guys ready? Let's do it. I'm excited. All right. Uh, two British stoners have to get off their couch to fight zombies and attend a class taught by Robin Williams. Um, Sean of the Dead Poets Society? Correct. Yeah. I was conferring with Jeff Jackson. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no, you're <laughs> well, right. Correct. I, remember, I could picture the movie with uh, Simon Pegg, but I couldn't remember the title. But yeah, I think we're. Okay, maybe I'll wait a little bit more before well, we'll I tell just you if let it's a, right. Let us say final answer. In the okay, middle. okay. <laughs> Good start. A, gi- a gigantic dormant sea monster is awakened by nuclear radiation and discovers a desire to make fur coats out of puppies. Um, Godzilla. I mean, it's Cruella. Cruella. Um, which Godzilla? Godzilla, <laughs> or is it 101 Dalmatians? Um, no, it's got to be Cruella. But Godzilla, it's the King of Monsters. What's oh, the... yeah, King of Monsters. Could it be Cruella, King of Monsters? Can you say it one more time, Jackson? Maybe gigantic... it's not Godzilla. A gigantic dormant sea monster is awakened by nuclear radiation and discovers a desire to make fur coats out of puppies. Unless it's not Godzilla, I can't think of any other thing that it would be. It ends with cruel, or is it a hundred and one? I don't know. You got anything, Jeff? Um, I'm gonna. I Cruelzilla. Hmm. I'm sorry, guys. You're going to lose a life on this one. That's The answer I was looking for was Godzilla minus 101 Dalmatians. Oh, that was, yeah, that was silly. You guys were close. You guys were getting there. We were in the right ballpark. We were thinking of the two wrong movies. I was thinking of the the Gareth Edwards Godzilla. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, The curator of the Bates Motel goes on a musical journey to the afterlife uh, to discover the secrets of his Mexican heritage. Psychoco, yeah, Psycho-co. yeah. Good Sorry, I got excited again. I'll wait. It's okay, man. <laughs> it's your hard work, and we're just helping you out. 
It's good stuff. Hitman Will Smith and his younger clone must take in their Boston nephew after his brother dies. His younger cl- is that Gemini Man? Is yeah. First bit. What was the? I missed the second bit. I was focused on Will Smith. Um, Hitman Will Smith and his you. younger clone must take in their Boston nephew after his brother dies. Boston. Oh, um, Boston. Is that Manchester by the Sea? Gemini mm, Manchester, yeah, Gemini by, Manchester the by the Sea. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Gemini Man, as we call it. Let your conscience be your guide as this real boy escapes from a chain gang and navigates the deep south on an odyssey to retrieve a buried treasure and avoid becoming a man of constant sorrow. This is a good one. Um, Pinocchio mm-hmm. and Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Coen Brothers classic. So Pinocchio, Brother, Where Art Thou? Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, this is fun, Jax. Yeah. Hey, I don't care what they say. You're fun. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) A young girl must leave her island to discover the joys of business cards, murder, and capitalism in the 1980s. Whoa. Business cards and capitalism. That feels like American psycho. Um, girl leaves an island. Is that Moana? Oh, yeah. Moana American Psycho. Yeah. Woo. Now you guys are getting it. You guys We're are cooking right now. now. We had to get past the Godzilla. Yeah, that was a tough one. Travesty. Uh, a mother must reconnect with her daughter in multiple universes while she's while also fighting the cult of Charles Manson. <laughs> um this is a long one. Everything everywhere. Uh once upon a uh, oh yeah everything everywhere all at once upon a time in hollywood yeah, yeah. there you nice. go jeff got us there i like i'm writing these down as we're going <laughs> but I'm not, it's not helping me a small ant travels to recruit a group of warriors but gets stranded on a boat with richard parker uh we talked about it a bug's life bug's life of pie yeah, yeah. let's go Ryan Gosling finds love while delivering the last Bible in the apocalypse. The book of Eli is the last part. Um, Ryan, Ryan Gosling, Gosling finds lo- the notebook of Eli. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I've never Ugh. seen the book of Eli. Me, me neither. Adam Sandler is a connoisseur of fine H2O and fears the devil in this coming-of-age story that took 12 years to film. Um, water Boyhood? Yeah. <laughs> this is fun. I could play this all day. I know. I've, I have so many of these that I didn't even make officially oh, uh, that I'm going to build off of. Worry, this one's one of my favorites. Newly paroled ex-con and former U.S. Ranger Cameron Poe finds himself trapped in a prisoner transport plane when a dog that plays basketball seizes control. <laughs> um, Jeff, I think it's Con Air Bud. It yeah. definitely, yeah, definitely yep. is. <laughs> Have you seen any of the Air Bud movies? Yes. 
They're I insane. I don't think I have. Okay, adding that to the list also. <laughs> Air, yeah, Air Bud, Air Bud double feature. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's good. <laughs> okay, I think this one's really good. Hugh Jackman boxes with robots and then finds work in a small town hair salon with Sally Fields and Dolly Parton. Real. It's real steel. steel. Real steel magnolias. Yeah, it's real steel magnolias. <laughs> steel magnolias. Sad. Real steel. I need, uh, to, I need to give real steel. Real steel a rewatch. Seth MacFarlane plays a cowardly farmer who must fight a dangerous gunslinger for the love of a shark girl named Maria. Um, hold on, I gotta figure it out in my brain. Um, is it a million ways to die? A million in the- ways to die in the West. I don't. A the shark. West. Shark girl. Oh, um, West Side Story. I was thinking about Shark Tale. I was lost. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking Shark Boy and Lava Girls. A Million Ways to Die in the West Side Story. Yes. Nice. That's a fun one. Okay. After a Jewish prince is betrayed and sent into slavery, he regains his freedom and comes back to defuse bombs in Iraq. Hurt Locker. Um, I thought it was the Prince of Egypt, but maybe I lost the train. Uh, I thought it was too. Can you repeat it, Jax? Yeah, repeat. After a Jewish prince is betrayed and sent into slavery, he regains his freedom and and comes back to defuse bombs in Iraq. A Jewish prince. Uh, is betrayed, you said, mm-hmm. and sent into slavery. It's a classic. It's a classic, he says. Hurt Locker is the last one. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, Ben Hurt Locker. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, I watched Ben Hur on a plane. There you go. Tough. As Martin Scorsese intended. Yep. (laughs) In this coming-of-age movie, a girl from Sacramento asks her gay parents to pretend to be straight for her future in-laws. Um, that's a good one too. Lady Bird. Um, the Bird Cage, I think. Yes. 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 Yeah, Lady Bird Cage. Yep. Oh, hi, Lady Bird. It's such a good movie. Uh, okay, this one's insane. Uh, Pooh and Piglet embark on a murderous rampage after they are mistakenly made tiny by Rick Moranis. Blood uh, and honey, I shrunk the kids. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a great one. Uh, that one's maybe my favorite one I made. Uh, this is someone from work told me this one, and I think it's perfect. So, uh, a woman in witness protection must pretend to be a nun and force a demon out of a young girl. Um, is it that a uh, Whoopi Goldberg movie? Is it Sister Act? Sister Exorcist? Is that could that is that Sister Exorcist? Is that too much of a force? Can you repeat it one more time, Jackson? Yeah. Okay. A woman in witness protection must pretend to be a nun and force a demon out of a young girl. I think that's, it is Sister Exorcist. That's where I want to go. Yeah, is it Sister Exorcist? 
Can you try rephrasing it? The sister. The exorcister act. Yes. Oh, okay. okay. So they can be flipped. They can be flipped. It's they, not yeah. just in they the way. They just got to that... flow naturally. Yeah. Okay. Okay. People become obsessed with making contact with aliens, but this one boy can't get over Tom Hanks dying in 9-11. Um, extremely loud and incredibly close. I'm, um, can you repeat the first part? That's the second yeah. part. People become obsessed with making contact with aliens. Extremely loud and incredibly close encounters of the third kind. Yep. There nice, you go. Jeff. These are great. I, I believe you put in a lot of work. On I this. did. I put a lot of work into this. Uh, a little chef heads to America and discovers that after multiple uh, on the ground political interviews, anyone can cook. Hmm. Boar ratatouille. Yep. <laughs> I thought you were, I, make me say the whole full Borat name like I no, did guys last you. week. Only I Troy, would do that. You ready for this one? Yeah. Troy Bolton and Chad Danforth begin their summer vacation by taking down a powerful drug dealer through the magic of street racing. <laughs> High School Musical 2... Too Fast, Too Furious. High School Musical, Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Uh, okay. Just imagine uh, you giggling while you're writing these. Oh, I was. Uh, two, mu two musicians disguise themselves as women and travel in time to avoid the mob, all thanks to a sci-fi ski resort. Is that uh, some like a hot? Yeah, um, some like it hot tub time machine. Yeah, nice. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, all right. <laughs> Patrick Dempsey gets a makeover to become cool, giving him the confidence to pretend to be a pilot, doctor, and lawyer. Patrick Dempsey. Yeah, I don't know the. It gets a makeover to pretend to become cool. Catch me if you can. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I know the Patrick Dempsey movie. The um, only movie I ever think of with him is Enchanted. Oh. But he didn't yeah, get but he doesn't get a makeover, does he? Makeover. Hmm. <gasps> is he in Can't Buy Me Love? Perhaps. Never seen it. Catch me if you really? can't buy me love. You go that for is it. correct, yeah. Wow. <laughs> What a poll, Jeff. That was good. Uh, all right. A girl becomes a woman overnight and assembles a heist on a casino. Say it again. I was still relishing in my camp. I mean, <laughs> no, you're good. A girl becomes a woman overnight and assembles a heist on a casino. Oh, 13 going on 30. Ocean's 13 going on 30. Yep. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, wow. These okay. Four friends get washed onto an island where they are celebrated as gods and go on spy missions with Finn McMissile. Cars 2. I think. 
Wait, what'd you say? Cars 2? Cars 2, I think, is the Finn McMissile part. Maybe. Oh my god, is it Madagascar's too? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh the last one uh out of uh, the list here, a pack of murder murderous carnival aliens challenge LeBron James to a game of basketball. Space jam, but the first part is throwing murderous aliens. Just murderous aliens, that's all we know. Murderous carnival aliens. Carnival. Oh. Um Killer Clowns from Outer Space Jam. Two, a new legacy. Yes. There you go. <laughs> you guys did good. Twenty-four oh, for yeah, twenty-five. Maybe. That's not bad. We just stumbled at the beginning, but we we bounced back. This is for how many did you make? Uh, these are the official ones where I wrote up the synopses. I have about like double the amount of potential titles that I could have made Damn. questions for. Okay. Um, that it's on Quizlet. Day. So if anyone wants it, just hit me up. This will be a fun, I don't know, pub game with your movie friends. We love it. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Great job, Jackson. Thank you for Thank that you. lovely game. And with that, we are done. Officially uh, wrapping up our February mini series of Seeing Double. And I think along the way, we uh, discovered a brand new episode type that we're bringing back many times mm-hmm. over. So uh, we'll be doing more of these intermixed into our main episodes. And of course, Jeff will be there with us as well. Mm-hmm. So um, as always, Jeff, thanks for joining us for February. This was lit and you're a blast. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, this was a total blast. Can't wait to do more. And uh, the third man sucks. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Jeff will be back on some scene double. And we're, we're cooking some stuff up with Jeff as well. So maybe you'll see him again down the line. Who knows? Let him cook. Let him cook. Speaking of which, I think you'll see him next week. Uh, because Jackson, what are we covering next week? Chinatown. Yeah. We're back to RCR. Jeff's favorite 100. director as a person. Big Roman Polanski guy. My, my personal role model. <laughs> we'll do Rosemary's Amazing Baby stuff. after cover it. Um, yes, uh, we're doing it back to RCR Top 100. It's been a minute. And we were talking about it, and Jeff's like, I love Chinatown. So we're bringing him back again. So if you're sick of him, kick Too rocks. Bad. Yeah, we're Let's... bringing him back. Um, beautiful stuff. Jackson, where can they follow us on Instagram, TikTok? They can follow us at roughcut underscore pod. Carter, where can they follow us on Twitter? Uh, at rough cut underscore co like mm-hmm. follow subscribe shout out film yeah film yeah woo we love you woo leave woo. more comments for Jeff and <laughs> we'll see you next week for some Chinatown action bye in case I don't see ya good afternoon good evening good night